powerful. So thankful for Lee and our worship team. Let's give thanks to God for them again. We are, uh, we are so blessed in so many ways. And uh, even in the midst of all that we uh, <laughs> have endured together over the last few months and, and, and days and weeks, we, uh, we have much to be thankful for. And uh, I hope we never lose sight of that. Um, I want to start this morning by sharing a little story with you. Uh, this, this, uh, this past year for Christmas, my wife and I went, went all out and, and we, we just we went all out in our gifts for one another. We, we spent uh, a lot more than we usually spend on each other. And, uh, and here's why. I got, for Christmas, I got her a washer and she got me a dryer. <laughs> His and hers. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that wasn't the original plan. But, uh, you know, it just so happened that, uh, you know, like so many things in 2020, we had to adapt. The uh, washer and dryer both uh, decided to stop working around the same time. And so <laughs> kind of took the guesswork out of gift giving this year. And so, uh, so we got those gifts and uh, we, we found the silver lining in it. We found the blessing. We, you know, like, uh, like Cousin Eddie says, that's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Amen. So uh, what, one of the things that, that I discovered, though, one of the unintended consequences of our new high-powered washing machine that we got is, uh, let me see if I can get this for you, is, is this. I don't know if you can see this or not, but it used to be white, and uh, now it's kind of a red, pinkish color. Anybody ever had this uh, unintended consequence before with your appliances? So, uh, you know, somebody in the family... Uh, me, I, I made the age-old mistake of putting something red in with something white, and, and that's what happened, right? And the consequences are are long-lasting. There are some things that I've tried to do to make it better, and and maybe the stain will fade over time. But the truth is, I'll probably never restore this uh, this article of clothing to its original unblemished state. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, that's that's at least part of what the the message is about today, and and it's a major theme of our scripture lesson. Today, our scripture lesson today uh, is from the Psalms, and we've talked a little bit about the Psalms over the last few weeks. We're going to continue to talk about them for the next few weeks, but uh, we know that many of the Psalms were written by King David. And so uh, in this particular Psalm today, we find King David, uh, who we know the Bible says is a man after God's own heart. He's once again pouring out his heart to God, and he's doing this in response to this great sin in his life. And, and he's doing three things in this passage that I want to point out to you today that I think are especially important for us to consider uh, during this season of Lent. Uh, the three things that he's doing uh, are these. He's acknowledging uh, who he is and what he's done. He's acknowledging uh, what it's done to him. And then finally, he's acknowledging what only God can do. Uh, He's, he's reflecting on his life and, and, and the sin that's present in his life. Uh, he's seeking to, to repent, to turn from the sin in his life. And then finally, he's relying on God to, to, to redeem and restore and to, to renew, to, to wash his life clean in a way that only God can. See, I think this is a lot of the, the foundation of the, the process of salvation and the pattern of transformation that happens uh, in our lives in response to who God is 
in our lives. And so I wanna talk about that for just a few minutes today, but I wanna read for you this, this passage from Psalm 51. Listen to this God's word for us today. David says this, have mercy on me, God, according to your faithful love. Wipe away my wrongdoing according to your great compassion. Wash me completely clean of my guilt. Purify me from my sin because I know, I know my wrongdoings. My, my sin is always in front of me. I've sinned against you, you alone. I've committed evil in your sight. That's why you're justified when you render your judgment, completely correct when you issue your judgment. Yes, I was born in guilt and sin from the moment my mother conceived me. And yes, you want truth in the most hidden places. You teach me wisdom in the most secret place. Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. A lot of scholars believe that this particular psalm was written by King David in response to his uh, very well-known sin with, with Bathsheba and the, the resulting responsibility for the death of her husband, his friend, Uriah. And, uh, and it gives us this glimpse into not only the deceptiveness of sin, but, but also the deep wounds that it inflicts, not only on those who have been sinned against, but, but on the sinner as well. You can almost hear the, the pain and, and desperation in David's voice as he pleads with God to remove his guilt and shame. Can we relate to that this morning? He knows. He says, I know my wrongdoings. My, my, my sin, are, it's always in front of, in front of me, like this, this sickness that, that, that he knows he can't shake. It's, it's killing him. And yet he knows, he knows what it's done and what it's doing to his relationships with others and, and with God. And, and yet he knows that God desires to bring healing in that place, to heal him from this awful disease whose symptoms and side effects are impacting him over and over again. It reminds me of, of the words that God spoke to the, through the prophet Isaiah. God says, come now, let's settle this matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Like putting a red shirt in the washer with a white mask, sin gets on every part of our lives, doesn't it? We, we try to manage it, but, but we just can't seem to, to get rid of it. It's always in front of us, constantly reminding us of its effect on our lives and on those around us. And, and at some point, we, we come to this place, we realize that, that we can't do anything about it on our own. Ironically, this, this is the one thing that we, we can do to find victory over sin in our lives and in our world. We gotta come to that place where we realize we can't do it on our own. No matter how hard we, we try, we just can't seem to, to get rid of that stain of sin in our lives. And the only thing that we can do is trust God 
and entrust to God those things in our lives that separate us from God, to allow God to do what only God can do, redeem and restore and and renew us to a right relationship with God and others, to bring new life into those places where, where sin has brought death and destruction. See, this is the foundation for the good news of Jesus Christ. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? That proves God's love for us. We, we, we remind ourselves of that every time we, we take communion, that Christ died for us to restore us to a right relationship with God, to bring new life in those places of death and destruction. It's something only God can do. It's something that God wants to do because of his great love for you and for me. See, that's the, the essence of, of salvation. You know, sometimes we think that, that salvation means that God takes bad people and makes them into good people. Uh, but the truth is actually, uh, and that's true, but, but the whole truth is actually much worse and much better than that. See, the truth is we, we aren't bad because of our sin. We're, we're dead in our sin. Does that make sense? So the truth is we don't need to be just made good. We need to be made alive. See, sometimes we think that God is, is mad at us because we're bad, but, but really the truth is God is determined to save us because we're dead. God doesn't turn bad people into good people, although that's one of the byproducts. God turns dead people into alive people. That's what the Bible tells us. Romans chapter six, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Paul says to the Colossians, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sin. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. He taking us from death to life is something only God can do. And that's what this season of, of Lent is all about. It's, it's to remind us of that incredible truth, that, that incredible good news in the midst of bad news. Don't we need some good news in the midst of bad news right now? That's, that's what this is. That's what the season of Lent reminds us of, that God has brought us good news in the middle of our bad news. The season of Lent is a, is a season of reflection and repentance and restoration. It's where we all have an opportunity to, to stop and, and, and take a good hard look at our lives and, and see the impact that, that sin has had on our lives and our world. And for us to decide what, what needs to change to acknowledge those places where the stain of sin has affected every part of our lives and our world, where we can acknowledge that and then acknowledge the, the mistakes that we've made that are, that are common to, to us and common to all humanity and, and, and the consequences, both intended and unintended. And then finally, we acknowledge and we ask God to do what only God can do, to cleanse us, to restore us, to a right relationship with God and to bring new life into our lives. 
one of my favorite things about Ash Wednesday that, that we didn't get to do Wednesday that I want to do today is I get to read this powerful passage from, from Isaiah chapter 61. It, it reminds me, it reminds us of, of those things that only God can do. It, it reminds me of, of what Jesus said to the disciples in the gospel of Matthew when they said, what, who can be saved? He says, with, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I want you to hear this passage. It's, it, as Jesus began his public ministry of preaching and teaching and, and, and healing, he went into the synagogue and, and he preached this powerful sermon where he, he proclaimed these, these words from the prophet Isaiah about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God where God does what only God can do in and through his people. Listen to this, Isaiah 61 Hear Jesus speaking these words. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release darkness from the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair bring good news into the bad news to redeem and restore and renew. Today, as I mentioned earlier, we're gonna start this new series and it's called From Graves to Gardens. And it's inspired by by a combination of a couple of things. One is uh, there's a Lent devotional about the Psalms that my friend J.D. Walt wrote. It's called Soundtrack. And uh, I'm gonna be going through that over the season of Lent. You're invited to do that as well. Uh, it's going to be posted on our social media. If you have questions about it, I know some of our small groups are using it. Uh, if you'd like to know more about it, contact Kathy. She'd love to connect you with it. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is uh, this series is based on one of my new favorite worship songs, the one that the worship team just sang. It's called Graves into Gardens. Did you hear the power the powerful message of those words. I remember the first time I heard them sing it, it was a few weeks ago and, and I just burst into tears. They, they would pick the time to sing it right before I had to come up here and preach. And so when I got up here, I, I couldn't even get the words out because I was just so overwhelmed by, by those words, by the power of God's grace to, to save and to transform me and us, to move us not just from bad to good, but, but from death to life, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's good news in the middle of our, our bad news. As I reflect on the story of, of salvation in the Bible, I, I see this pattern and, and this process over and over again as we consider the story. Do you remember? The Bible is, is filled with stories of, of God bringing God's people to this place where they know that only God alone can save them. Do you remember the stories? Do you remember at the banks of the Red Sea when God's people were, were standing there? I, I doubt they were thinking, man, we're, we're bad people. 
as Pharaoh's armies were coming up behind them and as the waves were crashing in front of them, I think they were thinking, we're dead. This is an impossible situation. And yet God said, watch this. And God did what only God could do. He made a sea into a highway. A little bit later on, Job had everything in his life stripped away. He was literally sitting in ashes, as was the custom for mourning and lament. He, he kept getting bad news after bad news after bad news. And, and as he sat there in despair, I don't think he was thinking, I'm a bad person. He was thinking, I'm dead. I've got nothing to live for. And once again, God comes and says, watch this. God, God did what God alone can do. And he transformed those ashes in Job's life into a new life of beauty. Go a little bit further, Ezekiel was standing in this valley of dry bones. God told him that he was gonna give him an army. And, and, and I really just don't think that Ezekiel was saying, well, okay, maybe they need a little work, but, but I can do this. I think Ezekiel probably said, God, they're dead. And once again, God says, watch this. And once again, God did what only God could do. And God, the spirit of God, breathed new life into that place of death and defeat. And then last but not least, as we get to the New Testament, we, we read the story about the man who, who preached and taught and healed and proclaimed the message to the masses, repent for the kingdom of God is here. He was arrested and, and beaten and hung on a cross and God's people mourned and they lamented and they said, what? He's dead. But three days later, God said, watch this. <laughs> and from a grave by a garden, Christ was raised to new life. And it reversed the curse of sin from that first garden. It restored our right relationship with God so that we might return to the garden of God's presence for all eternity. It was something that God alone could do and he did it for you and for me. Amen. It's the good news in the midst of our bad news that we need to celebrate over and over again. That's what this season of Lent is all about. It's about reflecting on our lives and our world. It's, it's about repenting of our sin and relying on God to redeem and renew and restore our lives. So that's what we're gonna do today. Today, as we uh, begin this journey of Lent towards Easter, I want us not only to to celebrate God's incredible story of salvation, I want us to participate in this powerful reminder of God's grace. In just a minute, you're gonna be invited, uh, if you feel comfortable, to come and, and receive the imposition of ashes. And it's gonna be a little different than, than we've done it before. But still, you're invited to come and, and hear these words of grace. I'm gonna put them on the screen so that you can see them. And be reminded, from dust you have come, from dust you shall return, but the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Repent and believe the good news.
my prayer today as we experience this together is, is not only that you would receive the ashes, but that you would receive the truth of what they represent, that you would allow God to, to truly do what God alone can do in your life, what God has already done for you in Jesus Christ. My prayer for you and for me and for us is that we would allow those seeds of salvation to take root in our hearts and allow the living water of the Holy Spirit to make it grow so that our lives might bear fruit for God's kingdom, that we might be good news in the midst of the bad news that's all around us, that God might use your life and our life together to tell the story of good news that takes us from death to life as he turns your graves into gardens. So that's, that's what the last verse in this Isaiah passage is all about. I wanna, let, I wanna let it have the last word today. It says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. So I wanna pray for us and then uh, we're gonna have some stations set up down here. And again, we've tried to make it as safe as possible for everybody, but if you feel comfortable, you can come to the station that's, that's right in front of you. And uh, we just ask that we not form lines today, uh, that just you know, as soon as somebody else goes, sits down, that the next person can come forward. And, um, and the words are gonna be on the screen. You can, you can let us know if you want it on your forehead or, or on your hand. And if you've got, got a little bit of hair in, in front of you like I do here, you might push that away for the person that's, uh, that's gonna give you the ashes this morning. But I want us to just take this time to reflect on, on who we are, on who God is, and what God wants to do in and through our lives as we begin this season of Lent together. And ask God to meet us right where we are and to turn our graves into gardens. Will you pray that with me? Let's pray together. God, I give thanks to you for your presence in our lives. God, we thank you for the good news of your grace that, that has come into our lives and into our world, God, that, that you bring good news where there's bad news, that you bring, uh, you come into impossible situations and you do the impossible, uh, that you bring new life where, where there doesn't seem to be any life. God, you you do amazing things in us and through us. You've done it before and I know that you'll do it again. It's not just that it happened, it's that it happens all the time as we put our faith and trust in you, as we acknowledge our own humanity, our own brokenness, our own fragility, and, and we trust in, in who you are, in your divinity, in your, in your great love for us that has the power to transform our lives and our world. So God, help us to, to open ourselves up to you now and allow you to do what only you can do, not just today, but every day. And we thank you for what you have done to, to give us victory once and for all over sin and death by sending your only son to live and to die and to rise again. It's in his name that we pray, amen, amen. Give us just a minute to get to our stations and then you're invited to come as you feel that.